from MPB Think Radio, this is Fix It 101, the home improvement show to help you do it yourself. I'm Jason Klein, here with Delmore from Affordable Solutions 601. Mr. Jeff Sammons is here from Houseworks. Our guest today is Shane McClendon, builder. That's right. Are you tired of looking at those old cabinets, countertops, fixtures around your house? Well, this morning we're going to talk about remodeling your home, whichever room you like. What room do people choose to remodel the most? I think we know that one, don't we? How hard is it to redo cabinets, drawers, floors, whatever you're thinking about? It is a new year. Maybe you're thinking about redoing some of your home. Share your comments and experiences with us this morning by calling 877-MPB-RING. That's 877-672-7464. Or send an email to fixit101 at mpbonline.org. This is Fixit 101 from MPB Think Radio. Live from NPR News in Washington, I'm Corva Coleman. President Obama and Vice President-elect Mike Pence are on Capitol Hill. Both are focusing on the future of Obamacare. The president is talking with congressional Democrats about ways to protect the Affordable Care Act, but Pence is talking with House Republicans about overturning the law. The GOP, which controls Congress, has vowed to end the health care law and replace it with something else. President-elect Donald Trump will get a classified briefing on Russia and hacking this Friday at Trump Tower in New York. The heads of the CIA, the FBI, and other intelligence agencies will be there, as NPR's Mary Louise Kelly reports. The White House has ordered a full review of election year cyber intrusions. The conclusions of that review will be delivered to President Obama on Thursday, then briefed to President-elect Trump on Friday. A shorter public version will be made available soon afterward. NPR's Mary Louise Kelly. Trump had said his briefing was delayed until Friday, but a U.S. official tells NPR that's not so. Trump's briefing was never scheduled before Friday. Turkey's government is extending the country's state of emergency for another three months. This comes days after ISIS claimed responsibility for a New Year's attack on a nightclub in Istanbul that left 39 people dead. NPR's Peter Kenyon says the original declaration was triggered by last year's failed coup. Deputy Prime Minister Numan Kurtulmuş announced the decision to extend the state of emergency following a cabinet meeting. The move had been widely expected. President Recep Tayyip Erdogan had suggested an extension was necessary even before Sunday's deadly shooting attack at an Istanbul nightclub. The extension must still be ratified by the parliament. The original emergency was declared shortly after renegade soldiers mounted a failed coup attempt that left 270 people dead. It's already been extended once and is due to expire January 19th. A sweeping government purge since the coup effort has left more than 40,000 arrested and more than 100,000 people suspended or sacked from their jobs. Peter Kenyon, NPR News, Istanbul. Texas is suing the Food and Drug Administration over an anesthetic used for executions. Lori Johnson of Houston Public Media has more. Texas wants to use the drug sodium theopentol as part of the state's lethal injection protocol. Texas Attorney General Ken Paxton filed a suit against the FDA for delaying a decision on whether the state can obtain the drug. The drug is no longer manufactured in the U.S., so Texas and some other states began importing it from undisclosed sources. About a year and a half ago, the FDA seized and impounded a shipment of the anesthetic. Paxton is asking the court to compel the FDA to make a final decision on whether the drug can be used for executions. He says the FDA has a legal obligation to issue a ruling within a reasonable time period. For NPR News, I'm Laurie Johnson in Houston. On Wall Street, the Dow Jones Industrial Average is up 35 points at 19,917. This is NPR. 
A car bomb has exploded outside of a United Nations compound in Somalia. NPR's Ader Peralta reports the blast comes during a pivotal time for the country. A spokesman for the United Nations Development Agency says the bomb exploded in a parking garage outside their offices in the capital, Mogadishu. A few security contractors were injured, but all UN staff was safe. The attack comes during an important period for Somalia. For the first time in decades, a federal government is coming together. Members of parliament were sworn in just before New Year's, and they are supposed to elect the president in the coming weeks. The Islamist group Al-Shabaab is believed to be behind the attack. In the past week, the group took responsibility for car bombs outside the African Union mission and a hotel popular with Westerners. Al-Shabaab opposes the Western-backed government. Ada Pralta, NPR News, Nairobi. A commuter train has derailed in New York City. The New York City Fire Department says 76 people were hurt, but none of the injuries was life-threatening. It's unclear how the train derailed, but it went off the tracks as it arrived at a New York City terminal. The National Weather Service is cautioning that heavy snow is falling today in the west. The service predicts that several feet of snow may fall in higher elevations from eastern California through Utah, Nevada, Wyoming, and Colorado. Several Pacific storms will come ashore this week. They'll bring a lot of rain from Washington State down to Southern California. The Weather Service is warning that flooding will soon be a concern. Again on Wall Street, the Dow Jones Industrial Average is now up 34 points at 19,916. I'm Corva Coleman, NPR News, from Washington. Support for NPR comes from NPR stations. Other contributors include Kaspersky Lab Internet Security, giving 400 million users the power to protect their money, privacy, computers, and mobile devices from cyber theft, viruses, and other online threats. Learn more at Kaspersky.com. You're listening to Fix It 101 on MPB Think Radio. To call the show, dial 1-877-MPB-RING. That's 1-877-672-7464. Or email fixit101 at mpbonline.org. This is MPB Think Radio, Mississippi Public Broadcasting. From MPB Think Radio, this is Fix It 101, the home improvement show to help you do it yourself. Jason's back. Happy New Year. Uh, uh, I am Jason Klein. I'm here with Dale Moore from Affordable Solutions 601. Mr. Jeff Sammons from Houseworks is here with us today. Our guest is Shane McClendon, builder. Uh, Well, I guess that's Shane McClendon, comma, builder. All right, there we go. Are you tired of looking at those old cabinets and countertops and fixtures around the house? So this morning we're talking about remodeling. doesn't have to be a kitchen or bath or bedroom or whatever. Uh, A lot of folks like to think about remodeling this time of year because, well, it's cold outside. So you want to do something inside. So that's where the remodeling thing comes from. Share your comments and experiences with us this morning by calling 877-MPB-RING. That's 877-672-7464, or send an email to fixit101 at mpbonline.org. How's everybody doing this morning? Doing well. I'm doing great. I am good for a new year. I am so glad Uh that we can write 2017 now. Right, yeah, yeah. Well, I haven't yet, but I mean... Well, I haven't either, but we can. Right. We can, (laughs) but I keep writing 16. So, anyway. Um, So, what uh, what are you guys working on, Dale? Oh man, we are, we're doing a lot of um, what they would call uh, rotten wood or water damage. Oh, okay. 
<laughs> being on the insurance claim, but um, yes, right. a lot of uh, wine wood um, the apartments have gotten old and the flashing wasn't done correctly, so we're going to uh, change all the wood around the windows and put new flashing in. Oh, okay, good deal. Jeff? Um, same thing. We've got uh, some insurance calls coming in. There's, uh, yeah, unfor- we had some weather. Yeah, mm-hmm. we did. We had some weather. We had some fires, unfortunately. Mm-hmm. Um, so uh, working on that and uh, working on our new builds. Okay, Shane, what's yep. going on with you, man? We got four new houses going under construction and um, porch addition, garage addition, whole house mm-hmm. remodel. Kitchen, bathrooms. So you're the big guy. You actually supervise all this work, right? Well, and I do a lot of it, too. Yeah, yeah. I've heard. <laughs> Just look at his hands. Uh-huh, yeah. Always walk in with a trowel in his hand. He's ready to go. All right. Uh, so we are talking about remodeling this morning. And the reason we're doing that is, uh, honestly, came up with the idea. My wife uh, saw one of these Pinterest kind of things uh, of a laundry room. That had been redone. Not a, not a big deal. I'm talking about paint, some shelving, and cabinets. It, it, it is not not a tough thing. So I'm going to be tackling that this weekend. But it reminded me that you know, this time of year, it's it's the the weather is funky. Yes. Uh, either it's raining, it's thirty, mm-hmm. or it's eighty. Right. Either way, you can't plan for anything. <laughs> no. So right. working inside is usually your best bet this time of year. So uh, remodeling makes sense. So. Are you remodeling something in your house? Do you want to remodel something? Do you want to know how that works? Uh, there's this, uh, and Jeff and I laughed about this a couple of weeks ago. There's this great commercial out right now for an insurance company yeah. that talks about, you know, we're just going to go ahead and knock that wall out because there's no reason for that. That's right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> just because it costs more. I'm going to knock the wall out and you won't see me for two months. Right. <laughs> So, uh, if you've got a question about what's going on in your home, if you want to rebuild, go ahead and give us a call. Number is 877-MPB-RING. That's 877-672-7464. So, let me ask you guys. Can the average person do the remodeling on their own of an entire room? I would say yes. Yeah, for Dale. Okay. Jeff, what's all more alternative? You know, it depends. Um, a kitchen, I would say no. A bathroom, I would say no. Um, if you want to redo a den or something, what I mean by that is put down a new floor. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think the, the average, yeah, yeah, I think the average person could do a floating floor. Right. Uh, snap lock. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that's pretty... Uh, homeowner friendly. You know, one thing I have noticed, though, that even if you're looking to put in one of those you-do-it-yourself floors, mm-hmm. and there's lots of options out there, but one of the things that I noticed, I had a friend ask me the other day how difficult it is to put in a floor, and in my mind, it's not a big deal. However, it's not a big deal because I've got a bunch of tools. Right. You must have the tools. Right. If you don't, if, you know, right. think about it. If you don't have a saw yeah. of any sort. That's right. Yeah. You know, uh, and, and but the thing is, is not just having the saw uh, have you learned how to make cuts? That's, that's right. That's just as big because, you know, the first time you use I know the first time I used a saw, I mean, it's dangerous. Mm-hmm. Oh, that noise. Outside of and, and, being dangerous, you just, you don't know how to cut yet. And and two, most do-it-yourselfers will mm-hmm. not have a jam saw. Right. And right. what I mean by that, you have to cut your door jam so your new floor is going to fit under that door right. jam. Yeah, because if you think about it, if you're doing like a ceramic tile mm-hmm. floor, but uh, the thickness would be a little over a quarter of an inch, I guess. Sure. 
Yeah, somewhere in there. And you don't want to try that with a reciprocating saw or you know a sawzall or nothing like that. No, 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 no. Mm-hmm. It, it really needs to be uh, unless you know what you're doing. If you're a pro, it's funny because pros will do things that oh they the make amateurs it look easy. should never try ever. <laughs> Um, yeah, if you if you've got a multi tool or something like that, you can use one of those. If you don't have a jam saw, right, that, that works pretty good sometimes. Okay, talk about the little saw part. Uh, part. Yeah, the little vibrating. Yeah, uh, yeah, Dremel yeah. makes one. I think uh, Rockwell right. uh, makes one. Yeah. Oh yeah, that's a good point. Uh, and those don't cost a lot either. It's kind of mm-hmm. kind of like a jigsaw. They'll cost around I don't know twenty five to thirty bucks, you know, or you can go up to seventy to a hundred. You know, yeah, that, I would say the cheap is not the best because some of them they're very little as it is, and if you just mm-hmm. get the little and not the proper blade for what you're doing, it's not going to work. Blades will be breaking all the time, and right, just um, okay. do a little research. Right. Typically, when you buy a saw, it's it's kind of like uh, computers and software. Right. The, the hardware is cheap. The saw is relatively inexpensive, right. but your blades mm-hmm. are, you know, and so buy oh, yeah. buy a good blade. That that's for the job. It just goes without saying the the more quality you can mm-hmm. get in the blade, the easier it's going to be, the safer it's going to be. Right, right. Yeah, the blade will hurt you quick. Right. All right, number to call is 877-MPB-RING. That's 877-672-7464. We're talking about remodeling this morning. First, Fix-It 101, back for the new gear. Uh, we do have, let's see, oh, we've got some new people. Sharita is producing us right now with the new guy in the background, Java Chapman, learning how this is working. So this is, this is going to be cool. Um, it's going to be a lot of fun today, so call and confuse him. 877-MPB-RING. One of the questions I want to ask, all right, so I'm in a room full of contractors, right? Mm-hmm. By the way, if you're listening right now, you can't buy these guys. Well, you can buy them uh, for the right price, but right now you get free advice from these folks. So you can give us a call, 877-MPB-RING. Let me ask, if if someone is out there wanting to do a remodel in their home, whether it be a, an easy quickie uh, like the laundry room that I was talking about or... If it's going to be a big time, you know, kitchen or bath remodel, what are they looking for in a contractor? What is one looking for, Jeff? I think the number one, uh-huh. and, and this is this is even this is even more important than price, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. Can you communicate with your builder, with your remodeler? And what do you mean by that? How do you mean? Um, the homeowner has a vision. Mm-hmm. The builder remodel has a vision. Right, those two need to be the same. Bluetooth it to them, and the, and the more you can communicate with each other and understand each other, right, uh, the the end result to that project is going to be what everyone will be proud of. Right. Okay. Uh, you know, there, there's um, uh, your terminologies are different. You know? Yes. Yes. Uh, a chair rail. For instance, right, right. Oh well, I, you know, I thought a chair rail was when you bring, you know, Wayne's coating up halfway or something. Right, right, right. Y- you know, that's that's the things I'm talking about. Be able to communicate with that builder or remodeler. Mm-hmm. 
that's a that's a, a very fair point. Shane, you look like you're shaking your head over there. What's going yeah, on? Yeah, no, I agree with that completely. <laughs> um, we have to have lots of meetings, you right. know, all throughout a remodel project mm-hmm. to make sure I am giving them what they want. Because my famous line is, when I'm finished, I'm going home. So I need to know what you want so you'll like, right. you know, Interesting. be pleased with it. You know, I will say with that in mind, uh, there are lots of apps and programs, software, things like that, that I'm not I'm not suggesting they're for pros. I'm suggesting they're for amateurs to be able to look and see what a room might look like. You can you can sketch it out for your contractor and say, this is what I'm thinking. And now yeah. the contractor may look at you and say, that's not possible. Or say, I think we can do something like it or or whatever it is. But that way you can put your vision on something that they can understand. Um, I've noticed a lot of the homeowners do um, sketch out a little stick drawing or something. They have a plan in mind. Mm-hmm. And in a lot of cases, I just um, feel that if a person is um, knowledgeable of the products and, and what they're doing, that helps to, you know, to feel like they know what they're doing and good communication. That, that's really important. Right. Talking about all DIY today, but especially remodeling, we've got uh, Marlou is on the line in Jackson. She's got a question about her front door. What's going on today, Marlou? Good morning. Good morning. Uh, I'm having a, a difficult time with my front door. It's a steel security door, mm-hmm. and it's extremely hard to lock and unlock. What do I need to do? Is it extremely hard to unlock and lock on in particular seasons? It is. It seems to be only really difficult when when it's really cold. Huh. Okay. Uh, and and let me ask: Have you done the traditional pull up on the handle kind of thing? Um, no, I have not done anything at all. Okay. I guess well, it's a steel door; it might be heavy. Um, yeah, it's very heavy. Uh, folks, what do you think? Sounds like you need to adjust the strike plate a little bit. Yeah, usually pretty you, simple. You know yeah. which part is the strike plate, Marlou? No, I, I don't really know anything about okay. it. The I strike plate is installed. is the piece of metal that is screwed to the door frame. That the that the the locking mechanism strikes when you close the door, that it hits when you close the door. Do I need to call a, a person to help me do that? Or can I do that myself? You you might be able to do it yourself, but you might have to chip away some wood or something like that. A handyman can do something like that fairly easily. If it's a steel door, it might have a steel jam on it. Oh, it's possible. You, you're not going to be able to notice um, that out or chip oops. it out. Yeah. You it, might want to call whoever installed it right. for you and just oh, ask yeah. them to come back out <laughs> okay. there and, and adjust Actually, it. that's not the only door. I have another door, a um, a French patio door, mm-hmm. and it's extremely hard to lock and unlock as well. Yeah. Is it so just really the lock, or is it the door shutting and opening? Pardon me? Is it just the lock that's hard? I mean, the door opens and shuts it fine? Is, it is. In fact, okay. uh, last night when I tried to lock lock my lock all the doors, it was extremely difficult for me to lock. Yeah. You might yeah. be able to just take a, a file... Um, I mean, it'd have to be like a metal file, and you could, if you could locate what part the plunger of the lock is hit, where it's hitting the strike plate at, the strike plate at, mm-hmm. and take that file and just give it a little bit more room, that would probably help. There's a there's a quick and easy way to do that, Marlou. You got any lipstick laying around? Not laying around, but in my purse. Okay, well, let me tell you, I saw this done one time by a contractor, and I thought that's the smartest thing I've ever seen. 
He didn't, you know, you can sit and look and open and close that door about six times trying to figure out where it hits the strike plate. But if you'll put a little lipstick on the little thing that goes in and out of your door, and then you close the door, it'll put that lipstick mark where it's hitting the door. That is is an excellent idea. So I will be able to do all these things you suggested myself, maybe? Well, you'll be able to do a little diagnosis by yourself. Diagnosis, Uh, Especially on the steel door, you might have to call somebody. Right. It sounds like it. Thank you so much. I'm listening to your program. I so enjoy it. Yes, ma'am. Thank you. Auf Wiedersehen. Auf Wiedersehen, my love. All right. Uh, you know what? Let's go ahead and take a break real quick. Frank will get to you in just a second. Don't go anywhere. Okay. All right. Uh, we will be right back. We'll continue our discussion. Listeners, what room in your house would you like to remodel? Have you uh, done some remodeling on your own? You call us with your questions, comments, or just tell us what project you're working on at 877-MPB-RING. That's 877-672-7464. Or send an email to fixit101 mpbonline.org. We'll be right back. Watch a presidential transition. NPR News will be here with the facts to help you make sense of new appointments, new policies, and all the day's news. Listen every day. Coming up this week on MPB's At Issue, lawmakers are back at work at the state capitol for the 2017 legislative session. Education, infrastructure, and the budget are expected to be at the top of the agenda. MPB's political analyst, Democrat Brandon Jones, and Republican Austin Barber provide insight on the critical issues facing the state and how legislators handle them. Join us for Mississippi's only statewide television news program, At Issue, Friday, January 6th at 7.30 p.m. on MPB TV. You're listening to Fix It 101 on MPB Think Radio. To call the show, dial 1-877-MPB-RING. That's 1-877-672-7464. Or email fixit101 at mpbonline.org. This is MPB Think Radio, Mississippi Public Broadcasting. Welcome back to Fix It 101, the home improvement show to help you do it yourself. I'm Jason Klein here with Del Moore of Affordable Solutions 601, Jeff Sammons from Houseworks. Our guest today is Shane McClendon, general contractor from Shane McClendon Builders. I think I got that right. Call us with the questions, comments, and just tell us what project you're working on at 877-MPB-RING. That's 877-672-7464. Or send an email to fixit101 at mpbonline.org. Talking this morning about remodeling or whatever DIY question you have. Again, 877-MPB-RING. Frank, you have a very good comment. I have an idea about it. Frank, are you with us? Yes, I am. Happy New Year. Happy New Year, sir. So what's going on? You guys, I've been listening. Oh, you still with us, Frank? All right. That did not work out. Frank, don't go anywhere. I think, hang on. I bet you I can get you back. There you go. Frank, you still there? Yeah. yeah. Uh, there you go. Okay. I've been to the show for a long time, and your guests have never talked about 
written agreements and contracts. Mm. So, uh, I've been a professional project manager for years, and people say, well, you're used to dealing with big contracts, so, you know, the thing you expect contractors to have is unreasonable. Right. Well, then I tell people, are you willing to just throw that money into the wind and just throw it out the window? If you're willing to just throw it out the window, don't have an agreement. Don't do it. Well, they say, well, I can't afford an attorney. That's fine. You've got a, you got a smartphone. Tell the contractor what you expect and record it. I expect you to buy your own materials. If you've got a contractor or a handyman who can't buy his own materials, you don't want to mess with him. Because then if he messes up your materials, then you have to buy it again. Do you expect him to clean this up one. every day? You expect the door to close and have no, you know, just, just do a narrative. Talk to the contractor and record it so you have some kind of record of what the agreement was. Now, if you don't care, you know, if you just want to throw the $500 away or $250 away or the $10,000 away, don't have an agreement. If the contract is over an amount that will hurt you seriously, then you need a written agreement. If your contractor does not have a standard written agreement, you really might want to get somebody else because if a contract has been in business, they know that an agreement protects both the owner and the contractor. That is absolutely true, Frank. Great points, Frank. It's still about contracts, too. An attorney. Just say, this is what I expect. Right. And, And again, if how much do you have to spend to have an agreement or a contract or a verbal agreement that's recorded? It all depends on how much money you're willing to just throw away. Right. And I, I love the show. I love the expertise on the show. And I love the fact that the host recognizes that he doesn't know everything. Oh, come on, Frank. <laughs> come on, Frank. And he's going to start a new project That's soon. That's it. I'm going to answer all the questions. So. <laughs> all right. Thanks, Frank. Appreciate it, man. I kind of disagree, man. Uh, um, I understand uh, they want you to be responsible for the material and stuff. But sometime in a case of mutual agreement, it is for both parties. But I would say it's your house. Mm-hmm. It's your material. You know, it should be a certain amount allowed for that. But just digging into my pocket to pay for your material, I, I don't. I think that would have to do, obviously, with the contract. In yeah, 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 I mean, it's, it's, I've, it's I've agreement. the yeah. materials and stuff that I know that I'm going to have to provide. It's figured in the contract. Right, and I, right. And I have a, I have, I type out an estimate that's, you know, um, very detailed mm-hmm. and, um you know, tells us basically the scope of work, what each sub or each party is going to do. Right. And, and then also have a standard contract that, you know, discuss payment and right. contract length right. and everything else. All right. Let's uh, let's go to Benny and Sardis. This is this is interesting. He's got a comment about that door, the Marlowe's door. Benny, you with us? Hello. Hey, Benny, what, what were you going to say about that door? Yes, I was going to say, I've got some some uh, heavy wrought iron doors as well. Yes, sir. It's artists. And uh, what I what I do about it, I, I take and get a little graphite and put it in the ski, just put a little graphite in the in the key lock deal there, and and then and then get some into the working mechanism of the door, mm-hmm. and you know, kind of kind of work it around a few times, you know, give it a few turns and what have you. And it tends to get easier and easier as it goes with that graphite. Yeah, that's something that I did not say to her that I really wish that I had. Marlou, if you're still listening, I know you're listening. Uh, I would say go ahead and do try to get something into those locks as far as, um, especially this time of year. First of all, things get dried up, sure. cold, and metal. Cold metal doesn't work good against cold metal. Uh-huh. Uh, 
So, so I, I think that's a really good idea, Benny. And, and if you'll go to your local hardware store, you can if you say the word graphite to them, they'll know what you're talking about. Exactly. Uh, now, you know, a lot of people use things like WD-40 or whatever else, but you know that will eventually yeah. go away. But you know, another another excellent product that we forget about is silicone spray. Oh, that is good stuff. Yeah, it's great stuff. Uh, I, I prefer that over the 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 oil, the WD, right. and things of that nature. You can't um, say great stuff because that's actually a product. That is a product. Right. That's right. <laughs> yeah. uh, all right. So uh, thanks, Benny. I really appreciate that. All right. Let's move on to uh, Mark in Oxford. Uh, a question about his heating system and flooring. Oh, is he, are you going to do one of those cool underground ones there, Mark? Mark, are you with us? Yes, I am. Okay. What kind of floor are you going to do? Well, no, I, I built a, um, a concrete structure straw bale house. Okay. I heat it with hydronic radiant heating. And due to a problem with uh, a misunderstanding with my contractor, I was going to pour four inches and lay hydronic radiant heating tubes and pour three more inches on top of that. And I ended up with seven inches of concrete. Hmm. With no stop in between. So I laid down one inch of styrofoam, and then I poured a three-inch floating slab uh, with the hydronic radiant heat in that. All right. Hmm. The the bottom, the seven inches of concrete that's underneath the one-inch styrofoam and the three inches of heated slab is open to the air. And I think if I insulated that, I could cut my heating bills considerably. But I was wondering about uh, what kind of foam, what kind of adhesive, and would I really expect to see uh, a gain in energy efficiency by heating underneath that 7-inch concrete slab? Speaking of great stuff, all right, guys, go for it. In Mississippi, I don't think that you're going to pick up that much um, uh, you know, efficiency or anything by heating your slab. If you were somewhere up north or something like that, I think you would because they have insulated concrete forms and stuff around their house, but here in Mississippi, we're not required to. Um, as far as, can you can, explain to me again how you've got this laid out? Well, my I've got concrete footings, concrete piers, concrete posts, a concrete floor. And the idea was to do hydronic radiant heat in the floor. But as it worked out, I've got seven inches of concrete floor. Okay. And then a one-inch layer of uh, styrofoam. Okay. And then on top of that, we poured another three inches of concrete that contained the heating tubes. Oh. Okay. Uh, but, but I've got, like, you know, a 1,000 square feet of concrete exposed to the air underneath the styrofoam. Right. Gotcha. Okay, so what exactly is it that you're trying to get done? Well, I, I, I'm trying to cut my heat loss through the slab going out to the through the floor by putting insulation between the concrete and the air. Right. All right, guys. You said you got a thousand square feet. I'm, a, I'm yeah. assuming the seven. This is not like on grade or anything. This is. Right. This yeah, is, no, we're 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 at ground level on the north end and twelve feet off the ground on the south. Okay, I would use a spray foam 
you would have to talk to one of the foam insulation guys about what type. I don't. I'm not sure if you want closed cell or open cell. I'm thinking you might want closed cell, um, but usually like two because that's what we'd typically put up under a house. I think. I think it's closed cell, um, but two inches of that gives you a, a really really high R value. Um, and you could spray right over the top of the concrete. Well, you could spray it on the concrete, and it would bond and seal it. All right. We appreciate it there, uh, Gary. That's uh, – no, wait. That's not Gary. Mark. Sorry about that. Mark. Thank Mark. you, Mark. I appreciate it. Hope that helps out. Uh, we need to move along. We've got some folks on the phone. Gary is on the line in Greenwood. He's got a question about painting. Are you with us, Gary? Yes. So what's going on? Oh, not much. I'm just driving a truck down the road today, listening to y'all talk on the radio. All right. So educate us. Well, I was uh, wanted to do some painting, but uh, I'm not sure, you know, weather-wise, what is a good time to do it, uh, whether you use latex or oil-based paint, uh, paint some trim work and stuff. On the exterior? Yes, on the exterior. And uh, you know, I always heard these sayings that you don't paint, you know, if the temperature is below 40 degrees or something like that, you know. Well, um, Dell's doing some painting outside right now. What are you, what are you using, man? <laughs> well, we're, we we kind of uh, like the water cleanups and the, the simple stuff. There's um, so many different varieties now. I just use a typical um, uh, two-in-one step, a primer and paint. Um, generally a latex, uh, unless they request a enamel or oil. You know, it's... Yeah, Typically speaking, um, we like to use latex on the outside. Latex is more flexible and is going to move around with wood as it expands and contracts. Um, oil-based paint is more susceptible to mildew growth, and it'll also chalk really bad uh, in you know in a lot of sunlight. If you got a lot of deciduous trees or something around your house, it'll probably help cut down on that. But it'll also help you know pick up some mildew and stuff like that. Um, wow. but as, as far as the uh, the exterior temperature, Sherwin Williams, I think they had um, they reformulated their paints a while back that you can paint. You know, I think it's like down into the 30s or something like that. But you just need to watch your humidity and um, you know don't try to rush and put another coat over the top of it and make sure it has ample drying time. Mm-hmm. All right, uh, we appreciate it there, Gary. I think that's the way to go as as far as outside. They're they're saying latex. Yeah, way and to you go. can also add uh, stain blocks and uh, mold mildews and things to it too. Oh, to the paint. Yeah, yes. that's a mm-hmm. good point. All right, we're going to continue our discussion after the break. Don, don't go anywhere. Uh, that's the most interesting question I've ever seen. Do-it-yourself foundation work. So don't go anywhere. We'll talk about that. Also, Kristen is in Starkville about creating a tornado room. How cool is that? Good mm-hmm. idea. Mm-hmm. 877-MPB-RING is the number to call. That's 877-672-7464. It's Fix It 101 on MPB Think Radio. We'll be right back. Consider where the country should go next. NPR will be here with the facts to help you make sense of new appointments, policy changes, and all of the day's news. So listen every day. 
The U.S. has accepted just a tiny fraction of refugees from Syria. Their reception could get a lot chillier under a new administration. People that you may have heard may not feel as welcoming. They might be saying some scary things, but I'm here to say that nothing defeats fear like a face. I'm Ari Shapiro. How Syrian refugees have been welcomed in Toledo, Ohio, later on All Things Considered from NPR News. Today at 4 on NPB Think Radio. You're listening to Fix It 101 on MPB Think Radio. To call the show, dial 1-877-MPB-RING. That's 1-877-672-7464. Or email fixit101 at mpbonline.org. This is MPB Think Radio, Mississippi Public Broadcasting. Welcome back to Fix It 101, the home improvement show to help you do it yourself. I'm Jason Klein here with Del Moore from Affordable Solutions 601 and Jeff Sammons from Houseworks. Our guest today, Shane McClendon, general contractor and Shane McClendon Builders. All right, here we go. Call us with your questions, comments, or just tell us what you're working on at 877-MPB-RING. Let's go straight to Don in Jackson. with uh, He's got a question about do-it-yourself foundation work. Don, tell me what you've got going on here. All right, uh... Well, before I kind of say that I love the show and the guy talking about the heated slab with seven-inch concrete, all you got to do is put your hand on it and feel how much heat's radiating through if he needs to lose it. But anyway, that's beside the point. Okay. Uh, yeah, I'm working on a conventional slab. It's, it's my personal house. I'm, I'm just trying to save some money. Mm-hmm. And I was wondering, uh, I've had it measured with a water level, and I know how high it needs to raise. I also have a laser line that I can shoot under there, and I was going to raise it to make it all level again because it's kind of settled in certain parts over the years. And I was just wondering if I should raise it all the way as I go down, no. just raise it up, or should I do it a little at a time? A little, little at a time. A little at a time. Do a little at a time. You do not want to jack that thing all up at one shot because as you're as you're jacking it up, you're putting stresses on other parts that are connecting of the house. Oh. And you just you need to raise it up real slow so that those stresses are are kind Minimized. of released over yeah. a time. Yeah. I got you. Wow. That's what I figured. I just I just wanted to double check. Yeah, so you're right on. Part of it's about five or six inches. <laughs> okay. Yeah, that that's a lot. I would I would go. Um, man, I can't remember what what the standard for some people uh, for some of the companies are now, but I would I would I think it's somewhere like around a half an inch a day or something like that. I was wondering if we were talking days or months here. Yeah, no, so, okay. Yeah. I mean, if you're coming up, if you're coming up five inches, I mean that's yeah, you definitely need to bring that up slowly. Well, is that just do I need to, like, move my jacks and do it all half an inch up or just do, like, one portion half an inch and then wait a day and do the same portion half an inch? Well, it depends It depends on the span. I mean, have you got, like, a corner that's five or six inches out, like in 10 I feet do. or 20 feet? or? Uh, well, uh, from corner to corner diagonally, it's probably about, I guess, maybe 100 feet across. It's a 2,000-square-foot house. It's, yeah, you're going to need more jacks, man. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you're going you're gonna to need a bunch of jacks. Okay. All right, I got you. All right, Don, we appreciate it. Boy, this, this show went technical today. Yes, I it is. Yeah, big. We got some remodelers on a lot here. Of people bored and ready to do some things. Right, right. Good point. All right, let's go to Kristen in Starkville. Creating a tornado room. I, this is such a cool idea, Kristen. You with us? I am. Thank you. Sure. What's going on in Starkville? Uh, well, I have a question. Um, I've been thinking a lot about the weather and with the bad weather coming through, I was wondering how much is really involved in creating a, a tornado room in the house, like converting, you know, a large closet or something like that. And, you know, is this something you need to 
think about when you're building a new house, or is this something you can actually do to an existing home? Wow, you know, that's a big I, question. I've, I've built several of them, and it's going to be a little difficult in an existing home, and let me tell you why. Um, you want to build a CMU wall. You want to fill that. What CMU? A cinder block. Cinder block wall reinforced with steel, reinforced with grout filled in your cinder block. Okay. Then on top of that, you want to pour a six to eight inch concrete top. Okay. So just with all of that being said, think about how you're going to get all that inside your home. So that's why right. that's why folks do this uh, outside underground. Right. Now yeah. there is a alternative that you can buy a steel unit that will bolt to the floor in your garage. Uh, in an existing home, I'm going to recommend that. On a new build, let's let's do the uh, cinder block. Uh, uh, you know, while we're okay. building the home. Yeah, and you'll never notice it. That's right. Okay, yeah. that's great. Thank you so much. Sure. All right. Thanks. Man, that's a that's a great project, you know. Good job, Jeff. And this time this time of year, it's it's coming. We all know it. It that's happens right. every year. It's not like it's going to change in Mississippi anytime soon. Well, so. and and you know, people people get the idea that a storm room is going to be extremely expensive, and they're really not. Right. Um, really not if you do it on the front end. Right. Uh, I got an email here before we go to Vivian in Bogalusa. Uh, I've had carpet in my living room for over a decade. I'd like wow. to install hardwood floors affordably. What are your suggestions? Uh, number one, this is my favorite part of, of doing floors. You get to take the carpet up yourself. Oh, you yeah, can actually do that. And and uh, first of all, you are going to be repulsed by the yes. funk that is under your oh, carpet. sand and dirt <laughs> and grit and smell and everything else. Ten years of carpet. Right, right. Oh, it's then, compressed now. Yeah, yeah. And then on top of that, uh, you do need to be very careful and wear gloves and some work shoes because probably one of the most dangerous materials in home building is right up under those carpet at the edges. They're called carpet tacks. Yes. Oh my gosh. Oh, rusted carpet tacks? That just, yeah, and they're almost always rusted because of moisture. Mm. And so it's just a big uh, uh, hospital trip waiting for you if you well, do that. Well, you know, another mm. thing too, wear a mask. Yeah. There's some all mold. kind of things in that carpet. Mold and ugly. And oh, you're going to be yeah. pulling on it and, and agitating it where yeah. it's going to get in the air. Right. But you can take that carpet out. And uh, as Jeff mentioned earlier in the program, you can do uh, one of these floors. A lot of people used to call them Pergo. That, that was just yeah. a brand. Sure. Yeah. But uh, but it's like that. So, uh, guys, wait a second. Frank told me to stop talking. What do you guys think? <laughs> Oh, no, I love to hear you talk. Okay, thanks, Jeff. Man, he's speaking from experience. Hey, I'm trying to get a raise here, okay? <laughs> he's speaking from experience. You're letting um, everyone know that you can do this yourself. You right. know, take it from a guy like me. Okay, there you go. Affordably, it says, install. Oh, it said, I'd like to install hardwood floors affordably. Oh, that just changed the equation. The real deal? Like, if you're doing yeah. actual well, hardwood, that's no, different. No, I mean, you can get snap lock. Uh, floating, uh, you know, hardwood. You can get real wood it's, floating floor. But is it more a, expensive? A little. Yeah. But yeah. I mean, it's going to have a hardwood a veneer on it. Yeah. The veneer is uh, just a little thin layer yeah, yeah. of that. I'm telling hardwood. you, you can you can come to the table with, um, I don't know, Shane, a couple bucks, maybe 250 a foot. Labor? Oh, yeah. 
No, no, no. Product. The product. Labor's uh, free because Frank's going to do it himself. <laughs> right, okay. right. Okay. Um, you can, but that might not yeah. be in stock. I, I I usually tell like to tell people to spend somewhere around three fifty to four dollars okay. a foot on wood. Okay, okay, okay. all right, all right, cool. All right, let's uh, keep moving. Vivian is in Bogalusa. We've got a question on Teflon coming off the pots. You with us, Vivian? <coughs> Vivian, are you there? Yes, I'm glad you answered. <laughs> Good morning. Good morning. Listen, I'm, I'm doing a project. I'm trying to, uh, you know, that Teflon they they, they put in pots. Yes. After you keep after you keep your pot set like I have over twenty years, it began to peel. Right. My pot set is in really good shape. It's a good pot set, and I want to take all of that Teflon out. You know, do you could you recommend anything that would take it out? Well, ma'am, the one thing I will say is that if you have chipping or flaking Teflon, you need to get that out of your home. And the reason for that is that chipping flaking Teflon is cancerous. Uh, and if you go online, all you have to do is look that up about old Teflon, uh, Teflon that's been around any time you've used a, a, a fork or something like that, got, got it chipped up, anything like that. Ingesting yeah. that is toxic. Mm. You, you need to not be using that if it's flaking and chipping. Okay, I'm not using it, but okay. I would like to use it. Is it anything I could take it out? Wow. Is it trash? I mean, right. you could sand, you could sandblast it off, possibly. Yeah, I'm thinking sand, I mean, maybe sandpaper but, or something. But, why? but I don't. Yeah. yeah. I mean, if you if you've had it's them, no, it's no kind of chemical, huh? It's no kind no, of chemical. Man, no. Not that I know of. After Not that 20, 25 years, it's time to upgrade to the yeah. new copper set. Yeah. Let's get some new ones. Yeah. Yeah. I, I guess I could because the outside looked new. I mean, I, I didn't right. use it that much, but over the years, you know, it aged. And Teflon. And I throw it away because it, it's a good heavy set. I know, mm-hmm. Vivian. Today, you know Teflon doesn't cost nearly as much as it used to cost, and and it's pretty much on everything. They make so. good right. wall decorations. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Well, I appreciate the information because I didn't know that. I didn't know the Teflon was dangerous like that. Yeah. Uh, and look that up. Yeah, look that up. It's it's some it's some uh, bad stuff when it's not fully adhered to what your the application. Yeah. Stop using oh. them immediately. Right. All right. Okay, then. All right, then. I thank you. All right, thanks, Vivian. Wait, what are you guys laughing at? <laughs> what I did, I didn't make this up. No, I, learned, I learned something every day. I, I do here. too. Okay. All right. Uh, look, I said that about Teflon. You guys looked at each other like he's insane. He doesn't know what he's talking we about. Never, we never, we never even made a comment. Somebody never Google that. You to do it yourself. Or. All right, I'm going to Google it here in a second. <laughs> All right, uh, Brent in Oxford is on the floor. Uh, comment on floor heating. You with us, Brent? Yes. Brent, you there? What's going on? Yes. Uh, can you all hear me? Oh, yes, we can hear you fine. Okay, good. I thought you said, Brent, I wasn't positive. <laughs> yeah, my name is Brent Swain, and I'm an architect in Oxford, and I, I love listening to your show for people who don't know everything like me. <laughs> right, or me. Uh, <laughs> yeah, um, I just wanted to quickly respond to Mark with the uh, floating radiance uh, hydronic slab. And uh, I, I just wanted to say, I, I'm actually, if he's got a hay, ba- hay bale home like that, I would love to see it. And I don't know if he could reach out to me. It's sustainable architecture. I, I just want to see his home, basically. And also, um, there are – I do – sometimes I help people with calculations that, that compare different types of, um, you know, insulation for walls versus roof versus passive solar performance where you use the sun to naturally heat your home, you know, and, and we can compare different options. And uh, he can actually calculate – I love the idea of putting the handle on the slab like another gentleman recommended. 
but he can also calculate what mathematics say the heat transfer rate is going to be through his floor with that thickness of concrete. It's pretty slow probably. And then, um, you know, I, I don't know. He's probably got various ways of comparing costs to um, what he wants to do. And uh, also I wanted to mention for another caller that uh, I found that engineer with boring at a big box store that shall remain nameless uh, for 80 cents a square foot. I mean, I couldn't believe it. And, and I asked him, is this the sale price? They said, no, we just keep it in stock. And it's good stuff. It's really hard uh, and uh, has, has held up really well. So uh, anyway, I was kind of surprised by that myself. And that's all I've got. I'll take your answer. I mean, no comments off the air or whatever. All right, folks. Thanks, Brent. Yeah, appreciate that. Yeah. Um, I think that um, you know he wants to go look at that uh, that home. So hopefully, uh, right. Hopefully, you know he may call back and and let us know if we can do that. Yeah, yeah. that's pretty cool. Uh, all right, appreciate that, Brent. All right, thank you. Uh, let's see. We're going to continue our discussion in just a sec, uh, listeners. What room in the house do you want to remodel? What are you thinking about? I mean, maybe kitchen, bath. Or even like my wife, wanting to do the laundry room. Okay. It's important that the laundry room be pretty. Sure. Yeah. All right. Have you uh, done some remodeling on your own? Give us a call. 877-MPB-RING. That's 877-672-7464. Or send an email to fixit101 at mpbonline.org. Pat will be back in just a moment. MPB Think Radio. As you consider where the country should go next, NPR will be here with the facts to help you make sense of new appointments, policy changes, and all of the day's news. Listen every day. MPB Radio's local programs are available now as podcasts. Sure, you love your MPB mobile app. It streams your favorite program anytime you like. But when streaming's not the thing, say, in flight or driving on the Natchez Trace, download your favorite podcast and you've got it in your pocket. Available on iTunes or on any podcast app. Grab your local MPB podcast now. listening to Fix It 101 on MPB Think Radio. To call the show, dial 1-877-MPB-RING. That's 1-877-672-7464. Or email fixit101 at mpbonline.org. This is MPB Think Radio, Mississippi Public Broadcasting. Welcome back. This is Fix It 101, the home improvement show to help you do it yourself. I'm Jason Klein here with Del Moore from Affordable Solutions 601. Jeff Sammons from Houseworks. Our guest today is Shane McClendon of Shane McClendon Builders. Call us with your questions, comments, or just tell us what project you're working on at 877-MPB-RING. That's 877-672-7464. Or send an email to fixit101 at mpbonline.org. Let's go to Pat now. We were talking. She's in Mobile. Oh, I'm sorry. I uh, don't know that yet. Pat's in Mobile and has got a comment on uses for the pots and pans. 
You with us, Pat? I am. There you go. Uh, I um, thank goodness in, you're a woman because I said she, and I thought, wait a minute, I don't know if that's a Pat Patrick or a Patricia. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> well, you can tell now, can't you? Yes, I can. <laughs> Good for you. Um, I was in a little gift shop down in Melbourne, Florida, about a year ago, mm-hmm. and uh, for the lady who had the um, pots that she hated to get rid of, mm-hmm. they had made uh, mobiles out of out of utensils and things, and out of old pots and pans, they would like drill holes in a saucepan and put rocks in a skillet and make a, a planter out of it. Oh, man, that and, sounds cool. Yeah, it really was. And you could get really creative with the kind of rocks you put down in the skillet. I would think you could use colored glass. Right. You know, the pieces like that. And then they had these little shiny things that they would hang from the handles mm-hmm. and um, in reds and stuff. And one of them, and they, they showed me pictures um, because obviously in the shop all you had was the planner. But, you know, they just had lots of cute things, some sitting out on a patio table, some sitting on a fence post or uh, up high like you would a bird, uh, you know, a bird bath height or right. something. And um, just some really cute things. Uh, maybe That's a neat spray, idea, Pat. Spray paint the outside, <coughs> you know. Right. Just do whatever you want to do with them. That's a good idea because and, I, I um, went during the break, I went yeah. to uh, the American Cancer Society website yeah. and showed Jeff this article about uh, the Teflon because they were all doubting me, Pat. Yeah, no, he did. And it, no, it no, is, no, 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 it no, is dangerous. Mm-hmm. It yeah. is. It is. And I don't know how she would totally get rid of it. But no, me neither. You know, at least if you put dirt and rocks in it, it wouldn't come out. <laughs> right. That's a great. That's a that's good a great point. idea. All right, well, Pat. I appreciate it. That was fantastic. Okay, good. Have a great day in Mobile. You do the same up there. All right. Bye. Bye. Let's talk to Daniel in Biloxi, your your next door neighbor. There. Uh, question about a gas line for a gas dryer. You with us, Daniel? Yeah. So what's going on with this dryer? Well. I switched to gas, and I want to know if I should run black pipe or flex line because I've got to stretch it out into my garage. Hmm. Black pipe's cheap. How how far are you going to run this? Uh, I don't know, about 20 feet. Yeah, see, the problem with the flex line... um, I I would never run a flex line 20 feet. It's okay. it's it. In my opinion, it's too dangerous. Um, I, I would, if it were my home, I would do the 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 black pipe, or you could do Ward Flex. Um, now I've seen uh, Flex Line lose uh, used uh, for the what they call the last mile, uh, which is you know you use black pipe going almost to it, and then flex for the last f- couple of feet. You know, right, feet. right. But yeah. there there is a product out there, and I'm almost positive this is the name of it. it's called Ward Flex. It is, um, which would be acceptable and much easier to do than the black iron. You're going to have to know how to crimp it and put the ends and connections because sure. you usually buy it by it's a roll. Like um, what's that stuff they use Pex. for water? Um, yeah, PEX. Yeah, is it like that? No. No, it's a it's a it's a it's a flex line and it has a thick rubber coating on the on the exterior of it. Google Ward Flex. Ward yeah. Flex. Yeah. So are you gonna put this in the garage? I mean it's gonna be exposed or going through the ceiling? No, it's gonna be going through the wall in the garage. Okay. All right. 
Uh, he's going to drill it. It doesn't fit in my washroom. I mean, this house is totally new after Katrina. Hmm. And, um, but... <laughs> Should a license plumber do this? Hey, uh, yeah. Man, man, man. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, if you're, yeah. Yeah. If, you're, if you're running that much gas yeah, line, we're talking. Yeah, we're talking yeah. gas. We're talking things that can blow and up. Honestly, for for any layperson, including myself, <laughs> just don't lay any gas line. Yeah. Always call a plumber. So don't do. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah it you is need a, to do a pressure test on it, make sure nothing's yeah, leaking. Sure, that, that's that, it's got to be done right. That one is not a DIY. All right, uh, real quick, we got to get some calls in here. Max is on the line in Oxford. We've got a comment about storm shelters. You with us, Max? Yes, I am. So what's going on? I'm a first time, I'm a first time caller. I'm mm-hmm. in Oxford. Uh, I was just happened to tune in and heard someone talking about storm shelters. Yes, sir. I just wanted to throw in what I've got. Uh, what I've done, I've done a lot of research. I'm going to be putting one in an existing garage, uh, and the, uh, the the variety that it is, it's called New Day Storm Shelters. Mm-hmm. Uh, 3-8 inch thick steel, 42 inch diameter. It's made just for going in to survive for the storm. It's not meant for you know watching movies in or hanging. Right, right, sure. So this is but something that you do screw to the floor. It meets it meets all of the federal storm guidelines right. as far as uh, the structure of itself. But uh, in fact, I'm going to be taking delivery on mine in a couple of weeks. Okay. Um, of all the ones I looked at, that's the one that uh, that I found was going to work the best for me. It's 42 inch diameter. Like I said, it takes about as much room as a as a small tabletop. Right. Right. It's floor space. So what, what's the name of that? that New day. New day. New day. Storm shelter. Okay. New day storm shelters. Okay. Well, thank you. We appreciate it. All right, Max. I got to move on. We got one more call. Edgar's on the line in Jackson. Edgar, are you with us? Hi. Yeah. All right, so what were your what was your comment about storm rooms? No, I just want to get back to the discussion. I was going to uh, put a storm room in my garage, and I was told that the foundation was not thick as as thick as it was in the house. So, you have any comments about the uh, minimal thickness for uh, putting in a storm room in a place like that? You you will be perfectly fine anchoring a storm shelter to your garage floor. There you go. All right, appreciate it. Would, would you agree with that, Shane? Uh, yeah, I mean, it's four inches everywhere sure. throughout the house, That's right. except for footings. That's right. right. All right, guys, we got to wrap it up. Fix It 101 is a production of Mississippi Public Broadcasting Think Radio and is funded by the generous contributions from listeners like you. Our show is produced by Mr. Java Chapman and Sharita Brent today. We're special. Our call screener was Sam Wells. For Del Moore, Jeff Simmons, and Shane McClendon, I'm Jason Klein. Stay tuned for a Wednesday 10 a.m. show, Everyday Tech with Sharita Brent. Join us next Wednesday at 9 for Fix It 101 only on MPB Think Radio. Underwritten by Blue Cross and Blue Shield of Mississippi. Live healthy. Live blue. It's good to be blue. More at bcbsms.com. A couple of cold fronts will be moving on through between now and Saturday. That may give us an opportunity for some wintry weather. The first front that's moving through on Thursday may contain a little snowfall, mainly for the northern third of the state. But as we head towards Friday, a better chance of light snow across.